Hello and welcome to the Footstock Hub preview show for the third of the European Monsters. I'm hosting this week and joined by another European expert, Mark White, who was on the first one. How are you, Mark? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Looking forward to this week, actually. It should be uh, should be an exciting competition. So, uh, yeah, all good. It's a bit feels a bit more of a manageable slate, this one, doesn't it? Because the last one we had, what, 16... Uh, Europa League games as well as the four Champions League and obviously this time we're down to just the eight um, yeah so it should be a little bit easier to go through but um, yeah, I think so yeah and hopefully it should be a bit easier for people to put their teams together as well because it was a bit randomness wasn't there last time around with just the sheer breadth of the number of people that people could add so uh, yeah no, it should be should be a good one although it's still going to be tough trying to build the teams um, definitely there's definitely some value out there but um you know, trying to get the decent players in that you want to play in under that 30 star limit if you're playing in the monster is going to be tough still. Um, but let's kick off then. Let's talk about the slate and heading the slate in terms of favourites this time. We have Spurs, um, who are equal favourites with Granada. And just behind them, this was on Skybet, the, book, the odds taken earlier. So they may be different on other platforms. Then we have Juventus, then we have Roma. Um, so Granada obviously weren't on the slate last time um, and their players have been auctioned over the last few days. Uh, managed to pick up hopefully a few myself this afternoon. I haven't checked yet. Um, and so we'll start with the four Champions League games before moving on to the Europa League. And we'll kick off with the Tuesday games. Um, and the one we'll start with is Borussia Dortmund, who are leading against Seville. Um, it looks like, as far as I could see, that Jaden Sancho has torn a muscle and won't be playing. Um, Haaland went off injured at the weekend, but I understand that that is just a cut um, and they're expecting him to play. Uh, Guerrero should be back. Um, on the Seville side, Lucas Acampas came back recently. I think at the weekend he played a decent amount of time. So as they're chasing the game, I would expect him to come in. Um, he's really been their star player so far this season. Um, but what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think this is going to be a really good game, actually. I have to say, in terms of watching uh, watching the first legs, I think uh, the, the home leg for Sevilla was a really good game. And I think this one will be as well. I mean, yeah, for me, I mean, as you say, I think there's definitely going to be quite a few goals in this one. I think Sevilla really got to come out and uh, and try and uh, get get a goal, uh, at least. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously the away goals will, uh, will will sort of benefit Dortmund from from the first leg. So, yeah, so for me, I think I'm looking on... I think Dortmund are going to win. Uh, I'm fairly fairly confident about that, despite the injuries. Um, I think Haaland, whether he plays or not, will be quite a big thing, and I suspect he's going to appear in quite a few uh, quite a few teams out there, just because he's on such a phenomenal run recently. Um, but there's a couple of, of decent Dortmund players out there, particularly for, for for the monster. I mean, I think I was looking at Marco Raus as a as a two star, as a player that if Sancho doesn't play, uh, could well be on the penalties, which would be uh, interesting and uh, definitely a good good look. Um, and the other one who's come back in over the last couple of games, not really done anything yet, but but has got a bit of potential, is uh, is Torgan Hazard, uh, who's also there. Um, I think though he might be a three star, so uh, could be a bit of an expensive uh, expensive option. Um, yeah, they're gonna you're gonna have a one star keeper for Dortmund, but I think the chances of them keeping a clean sheet is pretty limited uh, 
Marvin Hits, I think, is, is, is the guys there. And then, like you say, on, on on Sevilla, I mean, I think it's you've got to go for their forward men, really. They've got to push forward, try and get some goals. And, uh, yeah, so you're looking, I think, uh, Campos is, is back. He's on the penalties. Uh, and Nesri and, uh, and Suzo, I think, are probably the three I'd look at on their side. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't see uh, can't see Sevilla turning them over, to be honest. No, which, weirdly, is the complete opposite of the, what we were saying in the first leg, where... Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Dortmund were in awful form. And to be fair, they're still in not in great form. They lost at uh, the weekend. They did, yeah. Um, to yeah. So, that, you know, they're, they're not in amazing form, but a bit like uh, Liverpool that we'll talk about in a minute. You know, they just seem to up their game for the bigger games, or for this one anyway. Um, I think Sancho's a big loss because he, you know, really is one of the main sort of creative outputs. Um Although, you know, Haaland scored twice at the weekend and he wasn't playing. Um, it's a difficult one. And I think we're going to see a bit of a theme in the European ties. Obviously, this is the second leg for those ties, whereas the Europa League, it's the first leg. Generally, first legs, or this didn't hold true uh, in the last couple of weeks, are a little tighter. And the second legs are the ones where people know what they have to do and they're going to try and get that result. Uh, Seville have to win this game. They are behind on away goals rule and they're behind in the tie in reality. So they need to win by two goals. And I don't see that happening. I could see them winning 1-0, 2-1. Dortmund do concede goals, um, but generally they tend to sort of score them as well. So it's definitely an interesting tie. And I think Campos is a big back for um, Seville. He's been quality this season, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in that tie. Um, but yeah, you're right, Marco Royce. Um, I think did you say he's a two star. I think he's a two star. Yeah, so he's definitely yeah. worth, worth looking at. Yeah, definitely a little bit of value. And Torgan Hazard, I think he's definitely a three star because I looked earlier thinking that he may be worth a play, but at a three star, yeah, it's a lot starts, of stuff. It's a bit high, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, interesting game. Um, I would expect there to be goals in that one as well. Now we move on to the next game, which I think could easily be decided by one goal. Um, that is Juventus, who are also behind in the tie, or they did, they did get a late goal over in Porto. Um, so I think they're they're behind two one at the moment. Memory serves. Um, they are without a few key players. Uh, Danilo, not that he's a key player, will be suspended for this leg. Uh, Delit and Ronaldo, who are both sort of carrying minor injuries, both should play. Dybala, Chiellini and Betancourt um, look like they're all out. Um, Betancourt definitely, he's COVID. Uh, Chiellini could come back, not that I think he's a particularly good player anyway. Um, on the Porto side, I couldn't see any major injuries that would affect the players that you're going to play. And my shout from the first leg, Sergio Oliveira, I still think he's a pretty good player as a one-star um, but they have other options. Um, on the Juventus side, Cadrado came back at the weekend, I think. Mark Bo- my man may know more. And I think Alvin Morata probably will start. And with Chiesa, Juventus, they have that away goal. So they've not been offensively amazing in Syria recently, but they stand a chance of uh, winning this match. How convincing do you think it would be, Mark? 
Yeah, no, all, all really good points, David. I mean, I think for, for me, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I've got this one down as probably a sort of a 1 0 Juventus, mm-hmm. possibly 2 0 Juventus. I think Porto, as we know, they don't let many goals in, and I think they're really going to try and shut up shop. Um, and uh, Juventus is going to have to take the game to them. So I, I'm probably going to be looking for uh, attacking Juventus defenders. And you, you, you touched upon Cadrado there. I mean, he is, he is back. He's a three star. He's almost a sort of cheat code defender, really. He plays in midfield, whips in a load of crosses very good at assists, etc. So I'm definitely going to be looking at him. Um, and I think Alexandro on the other um, the other wing is also the left back. I think he's, he's a good shout. He's a, he's a two star. And yeah, you may well end up with a clean sheet in there as well as the win points and, uh, and quite a bit of the play. Um, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, there's part of me that thinks that Ronaldo will move Helen Highwater to play. I mean, these are the types of games that he absolutely lives for, aren't they? And uh, I think with with him, he, he likes being the centre of attention. He wants to be the one who's going to score the goal that gets Juventus through into the next round. So I might certainly in at least one lineup have a, have a you know punt on him, I think. But at five-star, it is a risk. But if he plays, he's probably going to score and he's probably going to that the whole team will be, be centred around him. Um, the only other one I think I'd, I'd, you know, I'd look at a little bit, I'm not sure if he's going to play uh, purely for the monster, is going to be Weston McKinney, who's a, who's a one-star, played mm-hmm. in the first leg. And uh, yeah, gets quite a lot of the ball, gets quite a few shots um, and looks like a decent little player anyway. So I think he'd be good to hold for, for the longer term anyway. Uh, but certainly for the monster, if he does play, it's a one star, but he is a risk. Um, I, he's not a guaranteed starter now. People like Ramsey and uh, um, uh, Chiesa and others are, are there in the midfield now. Uh, Rabio would be another one. But yeah, um, on the Porto side, no, I, I probably won't be going for any of them this time around. I think this is going to be a step too far for them. Yeah, I sort of tend to agree with you. The only the only Porto players, as I said, that sort of maybe two players, but the main one, Sergio Oliveira, and the only reason is that he is on penalties, he is on set pieces, and he's a one star. So he does enable a lot of other sort of options within your lineup. On the Juventus side, I don't think I played much of them at all in the the first monster. I I don't think. Maybe I'll play one if Ronaldo is going to play. And obviously, in the, the two matches we just spoke about, we will have team news because they're both going, going off at the same time on the Tuesday night. Um, Cadrado, yeah, he's, I mean, he's a forward, really, isn't he? He's just been repurposed as a fullback. So, you know, and Andy puts crosses in, he takes he's over a lot of their set pieces, um, but he is three stars. So it's a risk. But then, you know, you're not going to win the monster without taking a few risks, no, are you? That's very true, very true. But, uh, right, let's move on to Wednesday night. Um, I would say all the big teams play on Wednesday night, but I don't know whether Count Liverpool is a big team anymore <laughs> after the shit show. The only thing I wrote under Liverpool here, actually, in my notes was shit show. <laughs> I was writing my notes yesterday as I was watching uh, the match. Um, so, right, injury news on the Liverpool side. Um it looks like, aside from the long-term injuries, of which I'm not going to name because there's too many, um, the team or the squad that was there at the weekend are all fit to play in this match. How much of them do you want to play? I don't know. I'm a Liverpool supporter. I'm not sure I'm going to be playing a huge amount. Uh, Leipzig are a very good team. They lost 2-0 away, but they will not take that line down. They will be going for this tie um, this is massive for them. They've got a full strength side. They've got players that are coming back from injury. Um, I can see them winning this game. I can still see them going through. 
The only thing that sort of, you know, intrigues me is that if they do push on too much too early, we are still capable of catching them on the counter-attack. Um, on the Leipzig side, I think sort of Angelino, um, Nkuku, uh, Poulsen, obviously we're not going to have team news on this one. So, you know, you'd be taking a risk with some of these players. Um, the Swedish guy whose name is completely... Forsberg. Uh, yes. Forsberg, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fulsberg, he, he's just come back from injury and he's playing quite well for them before uh, before he got injured and he obviously he missed the first leg. Um, what do you think on this one, Mark? Yeah, it's a really tough one, this one. I mean, I think it, it was interesting. I was looking at the odds on, on another site and they've got Liverpool as one of the, uh, you know, I think it was like 91% chance of going through. I think it was on 538.com uh, and... Uh, yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, both sides are are, are a bit patchy. I think um, for me, I'm probably going to leave this one if I'm completely honest, because I think so much depends on which Liverpool team turns up and, and which Leipzig team come, uh, turns up. I remember from the uh, very early Footstock uh, Champions League games, they're uh, backing them to uh, against United, and, uh, and obviously they were absolutely slaughtered, didn't they, uh, at Old Trafford, the Leipzig team, by by doing exactly what you said. I think being picked off on on the break, which um, Liverpool are capable of doing. So. Yeah, not not probably going to go for Liverpool for all the reasons you've mentioned. Uh, I mean, the only one in there possibly is is Yotta going to play, and could could he uh, end up doing the business as a, as a two star for those counter attacks? And on Leipzig, I mean, it's it's difficult. They, they've got to you know they've got to push forward for similar to, to Sevilla as we talked about. They've got some really decent players in there, but um, I just think yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to pass on this one. And uh, yeah, I think my uh, my sort of uh, slots can be taken up by. Uh, games where I think I'm a bit more confident who's going to win. Yeah, I sort of tend to agree with you. I still don't know how I feel about it and I probably will be, you know, umming and ahhing about this one later on. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's just what it's just a, such a difficult one. The only thing I would say to listeners is that both teams tend to have decent peripheral output even when, even if they lose. So Having some of the players from this match in doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna. If they lose the match, you're gonna lose. Definitely not gonna win the monster. You can mm. still win the monster with a losing player in your team if they've put up enough points. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting one, but um, I think there's better games to come. Um, right, let's move on to the last uh, Champions League game, and it is the big one. It's Paris Saint Germain. Um, at home against Barcelona. They lead the tie 4-1. They are evens to win again this match. Um, Moise Keane looks like he's out, although which is more of an annoyance from our point of view, I think, than anything else, because he's a decent one-star option. Um, Neymar could be back. Um, they've been a bit tight-lipped about whether he would do or not, but obviously he's a five-star um, Di Maria is back he's a four star on the Barcelona side it looks like they've got most of the team available um, my only question I, the only thing I wrote in the notes under Barcelona was will they go for it and that sort of would dictate about whether I choose their players because they are capable of turning this over even any team with Messi in and the other quality players he has around them are capable of turning this match around and I just don't know whether they will. What do you reckon, Mark? Yeah, I, I don't think they will. I mean, as you say, I think with, with Messi in there, um, it's def- I mean, if he wasn't a five-star, if he was a four-star or even a three-star, I'd be uh, 
having him in every single team, I think. But uh, I, I think Paris Saint-Germain are going to win this one. I mean, I think the big uh, thing for me is how is Pochettino going to set them up? Is he going to set them up to just play their, their normal game, which, let's face it, absolutely tore Barca apart in, uh, at the new Camp? Or is he going to try and do a bit of a pep and... Um, and sort of you know play ultra defensive and and end up sort of losing out by by giving uh, giving away the ball too much. I mean they've got some good players in there as you say. I mean I think you know obviously there'll be a lot of people going for Mbappe now if if, if they own him indeed. Uh, you know following his performance in in the first game um, of the five star options out there, he's got to be got to be a, a, a favourite. I would have thought. Um, but I actually think there's some some decent other um, options on on the Paris Saint Germain side just because they hold the ball so much. I mean I've got. Uh, just out of my notes here, I thought Verratti was absolutely on uh, fire in the first leg. He was really, really good. And interestingly, he was pushing forward a lot more as well. He wasn't just in his usual defensive midfield role. He was pushing forward, putting some decent balls in and, uh, you know, actually didn't look too bad for, for a potential goal. Um, and the other one in there, which, yeah, I'm sure uh, uh, people will select if they own him, is, is Parides, who, who, again, just had a huge amount of the ball in his base. I mean, we, we don't see the bases, unfortunately, do we, for the... Uh, the uh, um, Euro players, but I mean, it must have been colossal, I think. So I'd, uh, I'd definitely be looking at him for a uh, high base, a uh, couple of shots in there, took a couple of free kicks in the first leg and uh, he's just a, just a one star. Uh, and then the only other one I, who you know caught the eye on, on the Paris Saint-Germain side for me was, was Icardi, who again, does absolutely nothing for 90, you know, 89 minutes of a game, but he's always good for, for a goal and he's uh, slowly seems to be getting back and looking a bit sharper. Uh, but he's he's a three star, but he will be in there for uh, for Moise Keane, I think. Uh, he'll be the guy playing in the middle with with uh, Mbappe on one side and possibly Neymar on on the other, as you say. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, although there, there, I guess there is the possibility that they play with the three at top of Neymar, Mbappe, and Di Maria. Maria, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Neymar. I'm not sure he's going to play because uh, I'm just trying to remember if he even came on at the weekend. He came on at the, towards the end, didn't he? But uh, you know, given it's it's a bit of a dead rubber on for, for this one, four one up. I think they might give him another week and uh, and let him play in the in the next one. But, you would uh, hope we'll, so. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't need him back today in the way that Ronaldo, for example, Juventus need him in that game. Um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. The interesting thing about this game is that. Barcelona lost the first leg by pushing on, trying to score, and PSG kept kept hitting them on the counter attack. Mm. PSG, were, I think, were generally the better team anyway, regardless of the score line. Uh, but Barcelona have to push on again, so mm-hmm. yeah. surely that should, should lead to goals. And that's why the only thing I want to know is: Are Barcelona going to go for it? Because if they're not, they may just think that you know they're already they're um, still in the cup. They're still in the um, well, I guess in with a small shout of winning the league, you know, this is surely over from their point of view. Do they really want to go hell for leather and play, you know, play everybody and go for it? But um, I don't know. I think they'll get slaughtered if they didn't, but we'll see. Anything, anyone yeah, else on the Barcelona side that you're interested by? I mean, not, not really. I mean, a lot of them are just two high stars, aren't they? I mean, I think... Uh, um... Griezmann four star too high really for the for the game. Uh, Dembele I think is a three star but may not even play. Um, and we're not going to see the lineups for this one. I think if this one was was on the Tuesday night and I don't know someone like Trincao or Pedri or someone a low star player played, I'd probably stick them in. But um, yeah, it, it's just too difficult to know who they're going to pick and uh, as you say, what sort of team's going to turn up. So I'll probably leave Barca on this one uh, aside maybe from from a cheeky Messi in 
in one lineup if, if, if I can fit him in. But at five stars, that's going to be tricky. Yeah, I mean, you would expect Messi to get a decent base anyway. You know, yeah, I know he scored on the first leg, but. Right, let's move on to the Thursday night. And now we have eight delightful Europa League ties um, with some big teams. We're getting towards the latter stages in this competition as well. Um, and there's some quite interesting ties. Um, let's start from the top with Ajax versus Young Boys. Ajax are 6 4 on favourites to win this tie. Um, or win this match, sorry, not the tie. Um, but Young Boys, as we saw in the last round, are pretty decent team. They knocked out, um, not Borussia Mönchengladbach, which... Uh, Leverkusen. Leverkusen, yeah. They knocked yeah. out Leverkusen, who were massive favourites to win the tie overall. And they've got some decent players. Um, Ajax, uh, obviously, are going to be without Haller still. Um He's not able to play in the European League from this or European matches for them this season. But they've still got a pretty tasty squad. They've got Neres, Anthony, and Tadic, who are likely to be the starting front three again. Gravenberch, obviously, is back. Um, Davy Klassen's sort of, you know, been playing brilliantly for them recently. And I think he scored in the last leg, in the second leg as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've got op cheaper options in terms of stars in Stecklenburg. Um, in goal, obviously, he's a little bit more expensive than footstock. Now, I think I looked earlier and he's about 170. I can't remember. <laughs> I can remember getting him for about 12p. I mean, it was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, young boys, I think they welcome back their star striker, mm. although I couldn't find any confirmation of that. Um, Jean Pierre Nassam, um, he was suspended from getting sent off in the last of the group games, but I think he's back now. He um, is, yeah. 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 And then they've got Fastnacht, and uh, I'm, I'm going to start slaughtering names now, by the way. And I'm not even going to pretend to pronounce the next one, actually. I'll move that over to you. Young yeah. boys are top of the Swiss Super League. They're a decent side. Ajax are top of the Eredivisie. They're a decent side. What do you reckon, Mark? Yeah, I, I have to say, I've got really, really... Well, I've got to be careful about being done by young boys, haven't I? But, uh, yeah, the, <laughs> <laughs> the Bayer Leverkusen team, I, I lost, you know, in almost everything. So I went for them really heavily across the board in uh, in the last uh, set of monsters. And, uh, yeah, they the young boys. Yeah, they, they, they did really well, both home and away. I mean, it was incredible. Um, I, I've got to say, at the risk of making the same mistake again, though, I, I do think Ajax are going to be too, too strong for them. I, I was looking earlier and... Uh, Young boys have been on a bit of a ropey run, actually, in uh, in the Swiss league since they uh, came back from the winter break. I think they've, they've drawn something like the last three or four, and the only wins they've had have been in in, in the Europa League. Um, but yeah, like you say, I mean, I think on the Ajax side, I think you've you've nailed it already there. I think um, I'd go for the front three definitely if I was going for anyone, and uh, so Nero Santos and Tadic with uh, with Klaassen. Not sure I'd go for any Ajax defenders because I think young boys score quite a few goals, so I'm not going to. Uh, be touching touching any of their back uh, back four. I mean, on the young boys side, the, the thing they've really got going for them um, is that all of their players are one star and two star. So, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely worth a punt in that regard as a team who, who do like the ball. Um, I mean, you picked out, I think, the best ones already there. I think Nsame is, is, is going to be one really worth looking at uh, and he's going to be back and has been banging them in for, for fun and he's a two star. Um, Fasnach is scored in the, uh, I think, both legs in the previous round. Uh, and he's a winger, takes quite a few crosses and set pieces. So he's, he's definitely worth looking at as a one-star player with high high base. Um, the other thing is going to be who they play up front, though. I mean, there's, uh, yeah, as you say, there's there's two others who seem to be uh, alternating between them. There's this guy, Sebachu, who was a, an ex-Ren uh, ex player who's a one-star. 
uh, or there's this guy who Footstock have actually got his name the wrong way around on the platform for those of you who are looking at him. They've got him down as Elia uh, as his surname, but that's actually his first name. It's, uh, as you say, Mesached or Mesnacked is his, his surname. Um, doing better than I was doing. <laughs> if, if you look at if anyone's looking for him on footstock look him up under Elia and he'll he'll come up uh but yeah he's not a bad punt he's been uh, scoring a few goals recently so i think there'll be goals in this game i think uh yeah certainly for beginners tournaments and maybe the odd silver i might stick in a couple of those young boys forwards um and but i do think i actually going to win and there is he's uh he's looking really really on fire at the moment so he'd probably be my pick of, of that front three if i had a choice so you're not opposed to playing with young boys then? <laughs> <laughs> as long as this isn't going out live, yeah. So that's that's the other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I tend to agree with you. I think young boys are definitely capable of scoring and Ajax tend to concede goals, but Ajax are pretty good going forward as well. So it could be an interesting game to watch. And obviously in the Monster, we're not going to have team news, but on the Thursday night Europa League slate, which obviously is nice eight games as well, it, you know, we'll, we'll have team news for this and the next three games after this. And I wouldn't be opposed to playing some of their guys. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely an interesting tie. Two decent teams. Um, well, I think most of the teams are pretty decent at this stage of the competition. Um, but yeah. Let's move on to the next one. And the next one, are we have one of the teams that weren't on the slate last time. So their players have been auctioned over the last few days, although I completely forgot to buy any of them. Um, it's a bit of a faux pas on my side. Uh, we've got Dynamo Kiev against the Spanish side, Villarreal. Uh, Villarreal are evens uh, to win this match away from home against D uh, uh, Dynamo Kiev. Um Dinamo Kiev, Kiev haven't lost a single game in any competition since the start of January. Villarreal have lost the last two. What do you reckon on this game, Mark? Yeah, I, I was actually been looking at the Kiev players and at some stage there's a bit of a trial for those uh, Patreon uh, and um, other sort of members of Footstock. I, I will write something about, you know, tactics for, for buying. Um, and yeah, long story short, I think Kiev looked good for two reasons on this one. Number one is that there's a lot of Ukraine internationals who will be good for the Euros, who are quite cheap. So uh, definitely give an eye out for those those bids. Um, and secondly, as I said, they've been so dominant in what is, yeah, to be fair, quite a weak league. Um, but at the same time, um, yeah, a possession-based team, lots of going forward. I mean, there's there's only really two players, though, on the Kiev side that I'd, I'd tell people to have a look out for. I mean, one is this guy, Viktor Sigankov, who... I've absolutely no idea why he's still at Kiev, to be honest. I mean, you know, he's a player who's playing well above his um, his, his sort of quality. Now, you know, uh, uh, well, basically he's too good to be playing in the Ukrainian league. I think if COVID hadn't hit last year, he'd have gone somewhere, uh, almost certainly in terms of one of the big five leagues. Take set pieces, great at assists, great scoring goals, really good player. Um, and he's a three-star, so uh, definitely worth worth having a look at. Um, the other one who, just because I quite like him as, as a player, and I think this will be a low-scoring game, um, is a guy called Michaelenko, who is a, uh, a fullback for Kiev, who uh, Man City have been sniffing around for a couple of seasons. I don't think he'll go somewhere as, as good as that, but as a young player, fullback, you know, in the uh, the pet mole bombs forward, you know, very uh, confident on the ball, lots of good crosses, etc. He's he's a decent one, and he's a two star, so he's worth looking at. On the Villarreal side, um, I, I've been really disappointed with them, to be honest. Again, they were a team I thought would win quite easily in the previous league, and, and they made quite hard work of it. Uh, Gerard Mourinho is back and he takes their penalties and he takes uh, you know, the odd free kick here and there so he's not a bad one 
Uh, Alcacer is another one of theirs as a forward who, uh, yeah, seems to always be among the goals. Doesn't do a lot, but a bit like Icardi, really, really low sort of base, but but does score. Um, and then in their in the middle of the park, they've got uh, Danny Parajo, who those people who follow football index and other things will know is an absolute sort of you know god of uh, of, of a base score. But yeah, in this one, I actually think yeah, we're going to nick it. I think Villarreal's form is is sufficiently poor that uh, I wouldn't be backing any Villarreal players on this one. And from what I could see, Dynamo Kiev looked like a relatively defensively solid team. Yeah, they don't have yeah, goals, yeah. but they haven't been conceding a huge amount. No, they haven't. They haven't, which is why I mean we'll come on to this with a couple of the other sides as well. I mean, I'm more inclined to just go for a you know a high base player like Sagankov and and not bother with a lot of their forwards that are being auctioned at the moment because a I don't think a lot of them are going to do anything other than play for uh, you know for, for, for Kiev in the future. So I'd only really be picking young players who've got the potential to go into to big five leagues. And also, I think in this game, yeah, I mean it could be a one nil, it could be a you know, a 2-0, but but I don't think it's going to be like the, the Ajax-Young boys game, which could be a 3-2 or a 4-3. I think this one's going to be quite quite cagey and tight. Yeah, and no, I tend to agree with you on that one. Uh, Gerald Moreno, I think, has got, aside from penalties, I think he's got a reasonable base. Yeah, um, I can't yeah, remember whether it was the first or the second leg. He put in like eight dribbles or something like that. But so he's pretty good. And as you said, Danny Prejo is... You know, he's getting on a little bit now. I think he's 31, 32, but he's a pretty decent footballer. And as you said right at the start, I expected them to do far better than they've done. But they're in the last 16 now. So, you know, maybe they start to turn it on now. But this game doesn't appeal a whole lot to me. Um, Right, let's move on to the next game. And I think this game's going to be popular because it's got a British team in it. Um, And definitely popular in the... Thursday night Europa League slate because it is one of the one of the games where we get team news. On the Manchester United side, we have Pogba, who looks like he's out, although he could be back fairly quickly, could be back next weekend. Uh, Rashford obviously didn't look in great shape, rolled his ankle, looked like an old man towards the end of the game before he went off yesterday. Um, he's a doubt. Cavani is still a doubt. Um, if we move on to the AC Milan side, then Kala Anoglu is looks like he's out. Ibrahimovic probably out. Rebic probably out. Hernandez um, he got a bone bruise and it looks like he's going to be back. But if he's out, then uh, Diego Dallo uh, could well play, and he's a one star. Um, what do you reckon on this one? I'm sort of torn on this game. Yeah, as you say, I'm probably not going to go for for many on the monster because there's just too many question marks, aren't there, around mm-hmm. uh, who's fit and who isn't. Um, but yeah, certainly for the European League nights, uh, for for, the, for those uh, those slates, I might might look at them. Um, I, I'll be honest, I actually think that this, you know, just because of the amount of injuries on both sides, I can see this one being quite low scoring. I can see Milan doing the classic Italian Europa thing, you know, basically of just trying to not let one in. And I can see United, who, as we know, are much happier counter-attacking than uh, than playing a side who let them have uh, as much of the ball as they want, as we saw in the uh, the, the Palace game last week. I, I think they could really struggle to break them down. Um, I mean, the, I suppose the only ones I'll be looking at, and we'll know the team news at the time, I think uh, there's been a trend, hasn't there, of uh, United playing Tellez as, as a full-back, uh, which as a one-star, I think he's quite attractive for, for a game like this, because I don't think uh, Milan will score. Um, and I don't think... Um, 
you know, United are, um, you know, he'll get a lot of chances with, with the ball, a lot of crosses, lots of dribbles, that sort of thing. I mean, you know, Bruno's always an obvious option, isn't he, for these things? And there's a, a you know, a decent chance of a penalty, I would have thought. Um, on, on the Milan side, it's going to be really tough because, um, as you say, they've been absolutely decimated by injuries on this one. Um, I mean, the only one I really sort of picked out just because he was a low... Um, a low sort of star player was was Frank Kessie, who I think probably the only side uh, in Europe who gets as many penalties as Man United is Milan. I mean, they seem to get one almost every week. And uh, he takes them and he's got an absolutely fantastic record. I mean, to the extent I think Ibrahimovic has now sort of pretty much given up, you know, taking penalties and, and Kessie's the, the the main man. So he, he'd be one I'd look at. Um, Dallow, as you mentioned, I think would be good. Uh, for, for getting forward, but I can see this one being a one nil or a nil nil. To be honest, a bit bit of a dull game that um, yeah, a lot of people will get a bit frustrated by. I imagine. Yeah, I think if Rashid does miss this game, and obviously we're not going to know for the monster. I think that's mm. a big loss because I think you know him and Fernandez have probably been the two standout attacking players for Man United in this season, really. Um, yeah, and and he's got a decent base through dribbles, and he tends to sort of as he's playing in that sort of. You know, winger come striker role. It tends to sort of suit his style. Um, yeah, I think I'll be steering clear of this one in the main. I if Hernandez, I'll keep my eye to the keep my eye to the ground. Keep my eye to the ground on that one because I know he's a three star, but he is such quality. He's an absolute beast, and he if is, he does yeah. play or looks like he's definitely going to play, then I, you know, I just think it, I have to have him in some lineups. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really appeal too much this game. Now we're moving on to sort of three games on the bounce, really, which all interest me. Uh, the first one we've got Slavia Prague, who knocked out Leicester last round, and they are playing Rangers, who have looked brilliant. They obviously they're tied at the league at the weekend. Um, Slavia Prague haven't lost a game in three months not lost a single game in the last three months, which I found incredible when I was looking back. Rangers, they're, you know, I can't remember the last time they lost a game. I think the only game they've lost was all season was a St Mirren in the Cup. One of them's got to give. Uh, there's decent options on both sides. Um, what do you reckon, Mark? Yeah, I think this is going to be a cracking game, actually, I have to say. I'm hoping it will... Um be an option on the uh, on the telly on BT Sport, whatever it might be. But um, yeah, I, I can see this one a bit like the previous leg with uh, with Rangers and Antwerp in previous round. Sorry, I think there'll be a lot of goals in it because I think Rangers uh, under Gerard have just you know they don't really know how to sit back and defend, do they? It's just attack, 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 and uh, I think both sides here like scoring goals. So um, I, this actually might be a rare example where, where I might actually end up picking picking players from from both sides. Um, I think on the Slavia Prague side, there's, there's there's probably three I'd pick out, all of which have been uh, auctioned over the last couple of days. Um, well, actually, two of them have been auctioned over the last couple of days. There's this guy Kuchta, who's uh, who's a one-star option, who's been uh, scoring quite a lot of goals for them. He's been auctioned last uh, last couple of days. Um, there's this bloke Sima, who uh, uh, Aliu Sima, I think. Um, anyway, he, he's you know 19 years old, quite coveted. Lots of European clubs after him. Looks looks pretty decent and. Um, he scored a few in, in previous rounds. He's a two-star. And then in the midfield, they've got this guy, uh, Provod. I'm not sure I'm not pronouncing that properly, but uh, who's also up for auction and probably actually has already gone through as we're, we're talking, who's a, who's a two-star. So between the three of them, I think they're, they're most of Slavia Prague's uh, attacking output. 
Um, I don't think I'd go for their defenders or goalkeepers, partly because I've never heard of them, and, uh, and partly because I think Rangers are going to score goals in, in this game. Um, I mean, we talked a lot about Rangers, didn't we, in the previous pod, but Barisic is, is the obvious option, although he's he's over a tenner now for a one-star. It's incredible. Uh, so I'm, I'm, if people don't own him, then then I suspect they, they probably won't be able to afford him now. And there's always that danger of him missing a, a missing a penalty, as uh, as we saw, I think, in the. I oh, know he handed it over, didn't he? The, the he handed the second one. Over, yeah. Handed the second one over, yeah. But for a one-star option, I think uh, you can't go too far wrong with him, to to be honest. Uh, Ryan Kent, uh, Tavernier, I think, might be back. You'll know better than me. Uh, they're both uh, three stars, though. Um, and uh, our old friend, uh, Mister Mister Morales. Uh, who knows what you get with him? A goal, a red card, a nine-game suspension. You know for spitting at somebody or whatever but uh he he's uh yeah he's back on back on form and, and looking looking all right so um so yeah for this one i think goals on both sides but um probably for the home leg i'd, I'd uh nudge towards prague and you know probably arrange just to turn them over at ibox in in the second leg yeah i tend to agree with you um it's interesting what you said about the red cards i had a quick look because from my memory it felt like rangers used to get a red card every weekend I haven't had one red card in the uh, Scottish Premiership this season. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's uh, which I found quite yeah. surprising. On the uh, James Tavernier, I think he's probably going to be out still. Um, Is it? Okay. okay. He's getting close to coming back, and he may be next weekend. Definitely second leg. But um, obviously, we're not going to know. It's another one where you're probably going to have to keep your eye on it, because if he does come back, then Barisic obviously goes down a little bit in value yeah, because Barisic has yeah. taken over the slack and set pieces or a lot of the set pieces. Um, Barisic still has a decent floor because they, they still both still cross. But um, yeah, keep your eye up for that one. But um, Barisic is a one star. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous now. I think two days before the second monster kicked off, I bought five or six and going, taking the price up to about nearly two quid. And I thought, God, am I, am I overpaying for these? And I thought, no, he's going to be on set to take them. And so I kept on buying them up to about two pounds. And the, as you said, the price got up to 10 pounds. I think even more than that at some stage. Um, but yeah, it's just bonkers. So, you know, that's why it's a good idea to, you know, even buy sort of the one-star players on the auction block because you never know. Um, yeah. On the Slavia Prague side, yeah, I think the three you mentioned are the main ones that I'd, I'd written down as well. The only other one was, um, is it Stanchu? Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, the Romanian. Yeah, Nikolai yeah. Stanchu. Yeah, 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 yeah. He takes a little few of their set yeah. pieces, um, but he's a, it tends to be a little di- little deeper. And it's the three that you mentioned that tend to get fooled. And if there's a goal, it's probably likely to come through one of the other three. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting game. As, you, as I said, uh, Slavia Prague haven't lost for three months. Rangers have only lost once this season, and I don't think they've lost, they've lost in the Europa League at all. Um, no, they've been brilliant, it has to be yeah. said. So, it's an, you know, it's an incredible match and definitely one that I'd you know, really like to see, uh, probably more than the Man United-Milan one, which is the one that we're <laughs> yeah, going to have definitely. to suffer through. Um, right, if we go on to the later kickoffs now... Um, we've got the first leg of the spurs Dinamo zagreb game, which was meant to be... The reverse fixture, but has now been turned around the other way. So Spurs are the theoretical home team, 
although I don't think this is going to be played in London, is it? I'm not sure, actually. No, I don't think it is. I'm not sure where it's being played, to be honest. But, yeah, but it's not, yeah, I'm pretty certain it's not not at, uh, not at well, not at whatever the stadium is called now, the Tottenham Stadium or yeah. down the road from Whitehall. Yeah, London Stadium, whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, exactly, that's it, that's it. But um, Spurs are a bit weird. I expected Bayern, along with the majority of the other people, playing tournaments over the weekend to be rested at the weekend and played in this game. He wasn't rested mm. or they was taken off after about what 60, 65 minutes. Um, I expected Aurea to come in at the weekend. He didn't come in. They played dirty. I expect Aurea to play in this one. I expect there to be a strong team. Is Bale going to play? If he does, he's gold as a one star, but um, I don't see how he's droppable at the moment. Even if he just plays like 60 minutes and they take him off all the time give him a right then they just look brilliant the only sort of like you know problem with that is I really like uh, Dinamo Zagreb I think they're an excellent team um, they looked good and I thought I played quite a few of their guys which all paid off in both uh, legs in the first uh, first monster now we have the other new guy that's come onto the uh, platform now their main striker the Croatian uh, Kovac, Kovic, um, and also their captain is now on the platform, Adimi. What do you reckon on this tie? Yeah, it's. I, I was surprised the same as you. I have to admit, as, as a Palace fan, I wasn't wasn't particularly pleased that uh, Jose picked a, a very strong side against us and uh, turned us over. Obviously, uh, in, in in the second half, um, significantly. I mean, I, I was surprised with Bale. Same same as you. I didn't pick him uh, for any of my teams this weekend, so I didn't think he would play. Uh, am I going to do the opposite this time around and pick him and find that he doesn't play for this one? Uh, very, very possibly. Um, yeah, I think I think you've mentioned them basically. I think for the, um, I, I wouldn't risk a Kane or a Son uh, in in this game. You know, five stars is too precious for the monster, and uh, I'm not convinced. Uh, you know that that um, Jose is taking it you know as seriously as perhaps uh, he might do given team selections. Uh, Deli Ali will he play again? Who knows? Uh, Mora looked pretty good against Palace. Got good. Uh, good sort of base score basically without really um you know being involved too much in terms of goals or uh, or assists um and yeah I, I can actually see this one being quite tight i mean spurs as we know are not not great at the back so i wouldn't be picking uh their players for for defensive purposes but Oreo, as you as you say loves to get forward um on the zagreb side i mean you you mentioned petkovic who i think probably has confused a lot of people on the platform i think a lot of people bought petrovic uh who was another Zagreb player that's now become inactive, but this is the the real deal. This is the proper one, and uh, he's a really good player, and he'll be really good for Croatia in the Euros as well. He's got an absolute, you know, uh, excellent strike rate. So I, I'd recommend people snap it up, snap him up at auction if they can. Uh, Orsic is the other one I, I really, really like as a player at Zagreb. Um, so on this one, yeah, I mean, I might have a bit of a a bit of a cheeky uh, differential on this one and uh, pick a couple of. Uh, of Zagreb players on the basis that it could be a nil-nil or, or, or a 1-0, really. Uh, a lot depends, as you say. I'm, I'm going to try and find out where it's going to be now. But if it's not a sort of traditional home game for Spurs and they have to travel to get there, um, then, uh, yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure it's a, it's a home banker, although the uh, the bookies will tell you that it is. Well, on sofa score, it's got it down as playing at the Tot Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which okay. is interesting. That is, I've not heard. I, I heard it was going to be a neutral venue because so I thought all the British and uh, German and there's a couple of nations can't play their games at home, can they? Yeah. Are, Liverpool, are they playing at home? Are Liverpool at home? 
No, I think that's away as well. Yeah, because I think if Liverpool and United are neutral, then I would have thought Spurs would be as well. Um, yeah, well, that's one for us to find out, and we'll we'll update people on on the Discord or whatever on that when we when we know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that that will be a bit of a um, you know a, a decider for me on this one. But either way, I think Zagreb completely agree with you. I think a really good side and uh, shouldn't be underestimated in this one. You see, Social Score has the Liverpool game at Anfield, whereas I'm pretty certain it isn't at Anfield. Yeah, I'm pretty certain it's not at Anfield. I thought it was in. Well, I don't even know now, but um... no. But uh, as you can see, we're both mystified on this one. There has been a lot of changing around recently, so. Uh... But uh, let's move on to. Oh, sorry, a couple more things I wanted to add about this game is Spurs are defensively solid, and it is quite interesting that. We're not going to have the team news on this one because trying to risk a Kane or a Son in this game, I think, is you know is going to be a massive edge if they do come off. I disagree from you slightly. I think that Spurs are going to put out a strong side. Jose, you know, always goes on about he's won a trophy at every club he's been at, and they're now down to the last sixteen. And although Dean, I you know praise Dean and Greer, but being a very good team, and they are a very good team, I think that Spurs really are going to try and put out a big team, you know, their best players, and try and win this tie first leg, and then they can rest them in the second leg. Um, I think there could be goals, and I think there could be goals on both sides. But um, as you said, you know, it's, it, these games are so difficult to predict and also trying to choose the players that are actually going to start the game is just incredibly difficult in itself. Um, just while we've else? been talking, David. Sorry, I'm just, yeah, it's saying that this game is being held, this first game is being held in Zagreb. So um, so basically uh, Zagreb will be at home. This is according to, I've just been looking it up. Liverpool game is in Budapest uh, and the Spurs game has been turned over. So basically Zagreb will be at home in the first leg. And presumably they'll make a decision about where the other game will be in due course. Ah, that's strange because it had it the other way around and then crossed that out and then put it as Tottenham as home. So I don't know. Yeah, but, that's probably um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, have a look into it anyway. Up. Yeah, definitely. People should look it up and uh, yeah, that might influence what you're going to be doing. But uh, right, let's move on to the the next game and another team that weren't on the platform last time Granada um, I don't think anybody really thought that they were going to make it this far so that's probably why Tom wasn't overly enthused to actually put them on the platform um, and they're playing another surprise package of the whole tournament so far Mulder who um, squeezed through last round in a match that, in a, a tie that nobody really expected them to win um, all of the Granada players are being auctioned at the moment a lot of them today um, their star striker, Luis Suarez, I think that's right. Not that Luis Suarez. Not that one, yeah. <laughs> is uh, unfortunately out. The other player who's probably, the, they've probably got three star players, Darwin Machis, I guess, who will be playing, and the Chelsea loanee, the eternal loanee, Kennedy, um, who seems to get loaned out every season like a lot of the Chelsea players. Um, has been playing really well for them this season. He's over a lot of their set pieces. He's scoring goals, assisting, dribbling. Um, and he's a quality player and he's been auctioned over the last few days. I'm not sure. I imagine we've had two, haven't we, so far? Or three. So there's possibly going to be more before the second leg. Um, 
but th those were the three that I thought of on the Granada side. Aside from that, they have a lot of aging rock stars on their team. A lot of players in the, you know, that you th probably thought were already retired. On the Mulder side, the main one really is the, the main one that's been there for the whole competition. Uh, I think it's Magnus Ekram. Um, what do you, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting one. As you say, I think they put Granada down as as top favourites, the bookies, mm. and uh, I actually think it's going to be quite quite close. I mean, again, Leverkusen were my epic fail, and uh, and Hoffenheim were probably my second. I mean, yeah, I couldn't believe that Mulder beat them really. Um, but yeah, on, on this one, I mean, I actually think it's again, it's going to be a very tight game. I think that uh, Granada are sort of the Palace or the the Newcastle of the Liga. I mean, they, they score very few goals and they let very very few in. So. Um, Aside from the players you've mentioned, I think, as you say, Kennedy's probably the, the pick of the bunch there. Um, I'd be looking at some of their defenders. Um, just because I think a lot of their um, a lot of their defenders are one stars, I think, or two stars. I think their keeper is a two star, Rui Silva. And I can see him getting a clean sheet here. And uh, I think Duarte is, is another one who's a good uh, young Portuguese uh, up and coming uh, centre half uh, who's one star. And again, probably worth people signing up uh, just, you know, because he'll be worth more because he's bound to, to play somewhere better than Granada in the future. Um, the only other one that picked the eye out for me, just because he's been scoring a few recently, is, is the guy who's replaced Luis Suarez. Is uh, is this bloke called Molina, who's about fifty-seven, I think, or something? It's just uh, he's been playing for years and years and years, and always pops up with a goal. Uh, he's a one-star. So again, if you needed to to fill up your team with a um, a side who are at home that aren't going to have that many players who are going to score, he'd, he'd probably be, be, be the pick of the bunch, I think. Uh, on the Mulder side, um, the only other one I um, I picked out was this bloke um, who's back from injury, uh, Eric Anderson. So he uh, got, I think, two of the three goals they scored against Hoffenheim. Uh, he's been out for almost the whole season injured, but clearly is fit again and uh, and firing. And I think he's a, he's a one-star as well. But yeah, to be honest, I can't... Um, can't really see Mulder doing anything, but we said that last time round, and they did. So um, yeah, beware of uh, underestimating them too much. Yeah, you're right, and I think that you know we've said a few of these games are going to be tight, and we've disagreed over a couple of them. But I think in this one, you're probably right. You know, Granada, they don't. I don't. I can't remember the last time they scored more than a couple of goals, and their better performances have come earlier in the season when they had uh, Luis Suarez in the team. Um, I think Kennedy's probably the standout one from Granada. Mulder, I didn't th I didn't give him any hope last round. So, no. <laughs> you know, but they're obviously, you know, well-disciplined side. And as you said, they're probably the, the ones that you mentioned are the main ones. But um, I won't be leaping to play huge amounts of players from either side, no. you know, apart from the ones maybe we've mentioned and you mentioned. Uh, let's move on to the penultimate tie. And this is Olympiacos against Arsenal. Arsenal are favourites, evens. Olympiacos are three to one. Uh, Olympiacos are the home tie, although check where it is because, you know, it could be anywhere. It could be in Zimbabwe for all we know. But um, Olympiacos are a fairly defensively solid team. Um, Alarabi is their main striker and tends to get most of the goals. They have uh, Valbuena, who played in the last round, and he's over a lot of their sets if he plays. Um, main intriguing thing from their side probably is Jose Sarr, the goalkeeper, because he's a one-star. Um, and you would hope Arsenal have a few shots, and he's a pretty decent keeper. 
Um, on the Arsenal side, the only injury that I could see or potential injury is Emil Smith-Rowe. Um, although there's not a lot saying that it's even a particularly big injury. So they look like they're pretty much have a full clean, uh, full bill of health. What's your thoughts on this tie? Yeah, again, it's going to be one of those ones that because we, um, we're not going to see the team, I'm probably not going to go too you know far in in terms of the monster. I, I don't actually own any Jose Sars and he's... Um, He's gone up a bit in price now, so I, you know, I would go for him if I owned him, but 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 I don't. Uh, as you say, one star keeper. Um, the only other ones I'd I'd add there. I mean, Saka's always good for you know crosses, etc. If he plays on the Arsenal side, high high base. Uh, Odegaard at some stage, I think he's looking good when he comes on. Is this you know a chance to for, for him to get more minutes? And uh, yeah, I think he's a he's a two star, isn't he? So he might not be a bad option. Uh, but yeah, like like you say, I mean, I think. Um, Although Arsenal seemed quite happy with this draw, I mean it was Olympiacos who knocked them out last year, wasn't it? So uh, I can see it being a tight, tight, cagey game with with not many goals, particularly this uh, this first leg. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with you on that one as well. Um, you know, Arsenal are the favourites, but Olympiacos are no mugs, and um, Arsenal made hard work of it in the last round, didn't they? Obviously, nearly going out. They did. Yeah, and, um, yeah. So yeah. And plus, you have on top of that, who are they going to play as well? You know, they have been rotating, rotating a little bit recently. And Saka now a three-star. Odegaard, Odegaar, I can't remember how to pronounce it. I think you don't pronounce the D on the end, do you? I have no idea. <laughs> he's a two-star, but we don't know whether he's going to play. Uh, Pepe, obviously another decent option. He's a two-star as well, but we don't know whether he's going to play. Uh, Kieran Tierney. Definitely a decent option. He's a two-star, and I think he probably is likely to play, uh, just because they haven't really got many of the left-backs at the moment. Um, but, yeah, take your chances on this one. And I don't think there's going to be a huge amount of goals in it anyway. Right, let's move on to the final game of the slate. And we have Roma against the final team that we didn't have on the platform last round, Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, the other Ukrainian side, they're currently second in the table to Dinamo Kiev who we spoke about earlier um, Roma are 7-4 on favourites uh, Shakhtar are 17-4 Shakhtar are a pretty good side and I think that they didn't play as well as a lot of people expected them to play in the group stages or the, of the Champions League um, they're now obviously now playing in the Europa League and they managed to get through last round they're playing against a Roma side who aren't in particularly great form themselves and also have a few injuries. Um, it's a difficult one to call. All Shakhtar guys are being um, auctioned over the last few days. I think there's still more auctions going on as we speak. Uh, what do you reckon on this time, Mark? Yeah, I think the, the really tricky one with this one is, is Roma rotate a lot, particularly for the Europa League and pretty much every single tie so far I've managed to get it wrong. I think we probably need to uh, to have Umberto on a retainer for this one because he seems to know who uh, who Roma are going uh, to play. I mean, so yeah, I, I think Roma will win. Uh, it's just a matter of who, who plays uh, plays the game for them. And, and up front, I mean, they've, they've used Jeco, they've used Pedro, they've used Perez, they've used uh, uh, Ma Ma uh, Mayoral, uh, the, the Spanish guy. Um, and they're all good options. I think they're all sort of two stars. And uh, yeah, I think all, those guys are all two stars. Um, but w which of them are going to play in which order? And Roma also have the slightly annoying habit of, um, of you know, uh, 
swapping the strikers over after sort of 45, 50, 60 minutes. Um, so again, you could end up with one of them playing an hour and the other one playing half an hour, depending on what the score is. So um, yeah, I think I think Roma will win. I'm just not entirely sure who, who's going to play for them. Um, another one of theirs that caught the eye for me and has been playing Europa games is, uh, is Spinner Zola, who's one of their defenders. He's a three-star, so he's a bit like your, your man Hernandez, you know, um, quite an expensive uh, pick, but he is really good. And he's, again, one of a bit like Quadrado as well, one of these cheat code defenders that really, really likes to bomb forward and, and good, at, good at for the assists and, and the occasional goal. Um, on the Shakhtar side, I mean, similar to what I said with Kiev, really, I mean, I, I definitely urge people to do a bit of research and snap up some of their guys at, at auction because they've got a lot of really good young Brazilian players who will see Shakhtar as being their sort of stepping stone into, uh, into the big five uh, European leagues. I mean, the picks there, Tete is, is probably their best player. He's one most likely to move on. Uh, Mana Solomon is another good one who's been auctioned recently. Mykon is, is another decent one. Uh, Dodo at the back. Uh, but for this game, to be honest, I, I'm buying them all, but I'm, I'm probably not going to be buying many of them. I, I see Roma being a bit too strong in this first leg uh, in the uh, away game, even though that will be away for, for Shakhtar. They've not, not been able to play at home for couple of years now sadly because of the situation in Ukraine uh, I, I might fancy their guys a bit more but I think yeah pro- probably reasonably tight game but Roma's win Yeah I sort of tend to agree with you on that one um, just looking at the injury news Eden Zeko looks like he's out Oh okay well that's um, yeah, and tough. also the guy that was over there penalties Jordan Verdut the French guy um, so it looks like both those guys are out Um so that sort of does sprinkle down the options a little bit. Um, the only guy... Mick I mean, Murray is the other one, yeah. Yeah, so Mick Murray, and obviously he's a great play if we knew he was going to play, but he is three-star. Um, the fullback you mentioned, Spinazzola, is, you know, exactly like Hernandez, really, sort of bombs down the wing. Um, and he's probably going to play. Pellegrini is, you know, an excellent young Italian midfielder that they have. Um, but we just don't know whether he's going to play or not, and that's the problem. On the Shakhtar side, I think the lineup is a little bit more predictable, but do you really want to play them? Um, the Shakhtar seat, uh, team is, as has been for quite a while, dominated by Brazilian players. I'm not entirely sure why, um, but even the guy, even the, some of the Ukrainian guys that are in their team now are actually from Brazil and they've just been there mm. so long now that they're nationalised as Ukrainians. Um, but yeah, they have a lot of decent players. The ones you mentioned, um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else I wanted to add. Not really. Um, but uh, as you said as well, do you really want to play them away at Roma? Uh, just keep your eye on the injuries for Roma and if they do have any more injuries on top of the ones that I've just mentioned, then there is a chance that choosing players becomes a little easier. Um, I think I'm try- I, I had, I'd had a quick look and I couldn't see who else had played up front apart from uh, Marial, um, apart from uh, Zeko. So maybe that means he's going to play and I think he's just a two-star. There's this guy Perez is the other one. He may be injured, I don't know. Oh, the guy that's on loan. Yeah. Is he on loan? Barcelona, yeah. I think yeah. He's, he's there as well. He's, he's played in some of the early games. But yeah, whether he'll play, I've no idea. I have to admit, don't, don't know. Yeah, so it's a very tough one. Um, as with a few of these games, but I know it's a little bit of a trope, but Roma are an Italian side and they do tend to play sort of a little bit more cautious football. Um, although Shakhtar 
you know, conceded a boatload of goals in the... Um, in fact, I have no idea how they made it through. They had like a couple of early results and then lost, I think, the last four or something like that. Yeah, it was that Inter Milan game, wasn't it? I think they got them through in the end. Uh, so, yeah, having been, they beat Real Madrid, didn't they, Shakhtar, which got them sort of into third place. And then that final game with Inter, Inter couldn't beat them, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that uh, was so it. So they got yeah. them into third and, uh, and Inter finished fourth, amazingly, in that, that group. So, uh, yeah, I would say in terms of the overall tie, don't write Shakhtar off. Um, in terms of this particular match, I don't see them winning. And even if they do, I don't think it's going to be by a huge amount of goals. Um, yeah, so that cover, that takes um, covers all of the games that we have for the Monster and for the Thursday night Europa League ties. If you were to sort of isolate out maybe a sort of a couple of lower star options and maybe a sort of three star option, I don't think we need to look at the bigger ones because there's so many of them and everyone knows who they are. Who would you sort of, you know, take a stab at? Yeah, I think I'm going to go for these Slavia Prague boys, to be honest, because as I said, I think even if uh, Rangers, uh, even if Rangers sort of put up a decent show, I, I think there's going to be goals in that game. So, so for me, I think Seema, Kuchta, uh, Provod, I probably put in a lineup. That's only five stars for the three of them. And uh, as I said, I can see that game being a three-two or a four-three or something like uh, the the Antwerp Rangers game. Uh, the other one I'd be looking at would be be the Ajax uh, Ajax young boys game where we're similar. I think uh, I think Neres will score. I think Santos will probably you know do what he always does. You know, be be pretty uh, pretty lethal in terms of, uh, of of the dribbling and the assists etc. And then uh, a couple of these uh, young boys guys on on, on the other side. I, I, I'd be looking at uh, uh, yeah Nasame to to make a comeback as well uh, and uh, perhaps Fashnacht as as a one star. So I think yeah those, those guys in the two and one stars. Three stars, a bit more difficult, really. Um, I mean, ooh, uh, yeah, Mekatarian, I think, as we were just talking about, if he plays. Uh, Saigankov, like I said earlier, I think for Kiev, I'd probably go for him as a three star. Um, and uh, yeah, probably Spinozola, actually, on, on, on the Roma side, as someone who is more likely to play, I think, than, than Theo Hernandez uh, there at home. And yeah, defender with a good clean sheet chance, uh, plus also a lot of getting forward. Um, yeah, I think that's probably Quadrado as well. Maybe I'll go for that one, him as well at Juventus because I do think Juventus will. Uh, will yeah, win that definitely. One. I think they'll have a yeah. lot of the ball. Yeah, uh, so as a three-star option, he's he's a pretty decent one as well. And even if they only win one 0 he you know would definitely put in dribbles. He'll definitely yeah, put in crosses. I, mean, so, I can uh, see him at thirty points easily if they win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with you on that one as well. I think that. Um, Barisic obviously is going to be popular again in the Rangers game. I think the Slavia Prague guys, you know, the ones we mentioned earlier, are definitely all in play. Um, Fastnatch, Fastnatch, got got that slightly wrong. Fastnatch <laughs> is a very good player, and um, he's playing in an open game, and he's over a lot less set. So definitely, he's an intriguing option. Um, I think from the the two star options. I still like the Zagreb guys, and I'll be so interested to see how this tie goes. Um, they tend to attack and score no matter what. Spurs obviously a little bit more defensively sound, so it's going to be such an interesting game. Obviously, Gareth Bale, I think, would probably both be our first choices as a one star option yeah, if we knew he was going to play, but it's just so much of a risk putting him in. Um, three star guy. I think he's going to come back. I think uh, Hernandez is going to play and he can't help himself no matter what. He will be bombing down the wing. So um, 
it's a tough shout, tough match to play, but I think he's definitely a decent uh, possibility. He also takes quite a few of their set pieces as well, especially with uh, some of the guys that have got out injured. Um, yeah, yeah, that's about it. I'm trying to think. Anything else you want to add? No, no, I think that's it. Just to wish everyone good luck, and uh, yeah, it should be should be an interesting week, definitely. Let's, uh, yeah, maybe uh, people should try and. Uh, uh, branch out a bit. Don't watch the United game. Watch some of these younger, uh, some of these different teams, and, uh, and learn a bit about some of their players. Um, yeah, Ajax would be a good shout. As would that Slavia Prague Rangers game. I think they'd be the two games I'd be picking out if I was uh, if I was a neutral. Yeah, I'll just echo what Mark said there. I think it's going to be a very interesting slate. And also, if you want to get any more information on this, I'll be putting out a breakdown. Uh, Mark also does content for Footstock Hub. Um, and my breakdown will probably be coming out tomorrow morning now, uh, but that will be full of a few more gems and a few guys that I'll select probably won't end up playing, as always seems to be the case. Um, but apart from that, good luck in the monster, and I will be back on Friday.